All right, everybody. Thank you so much for pulling up to the Soul Sugar Joint. I am Brooks, and a lot can be said about my guest today. Um, but really, personally, and why I think you should care is that I'm like a huge fan of 70s and 80s music personally. And my whole life, I felt like I was born in the wrong generation, like the wrong era. And it's crazy that there's just certain artists, there's certain producers who just remind you that you're at the right place at the right time. And when I listen to Flower Child's music, you know, um, it's very indicative of like Roy Ayers' ubiquity, everybody loves the sunshine, the same kind of feeling, or like I was able to tell you, like the bridge of Pharrell's Frontin and Music Soul Child's Neo Soul, like all these elements mixed together. So I am like so excited to be talking with Flower Child today. And yeah, without further ado, this is Flower Child, everybody. That was a great intro. <laughs> well, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I've just been very, very, very busy and just swamped with a ton of stuff, like in preparation for this tour. So, yes. yeah, my team is very, very small. It's literally just myself and my manager. And I just added um, one of my best friends as an assistant because I told her I was like, we're we're too overwhelmed. We need an extra hands, a set of hands to help us like get through this next couple months. So yeah, this is the live from the garden summer tour that you're talking about, right? Yes. So tell me a little bit more about that. For those who don't know, um, I used to do, it's been like three and a half years since I did like my last like full band show or whatever. Um, that was like December 2019 and we know what, what happened in 2020 and whatnot. So, you know, shows were kind of like at a standstill for a really long time. And um, I want to say around like the end of last year, like after the album was out, like we started having conversations with um, uh, a rep from a booking agency called APA. And um, he sent me a, couple, a few offers to like open up for people, but it just financially it just wasn't making sense um mainly i'm in a position now where it's just like you know you can't say yes to everything even if it is a semi-good opportunity you got to make sure like you know i support myself fully off this now so i can't like afford to you know go out there just willy-nilly you know what i'm saying so um i want to say around february we just had a super transparent conversation and you know it's like, well, you want to do your own tour? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I think it kind of makes sense now at this point. Um, he was like, oh, hell yeah, let's do it. And then he set it up within like, a, I want to say like a month. And here we are. We announced last month and we're literally three weeks away now. So, Man, that's exciting. Yeah. And you're bringing your boys with you too, right? Gremlin. I'm bringing my boys with me. Which is, <laughs> I'm super grateful to have them like, still in my life we're going on like we're closing in on like 10 years of friendship you know we all wow. been, you know like freshman year so um it's just a blessing you know that we've been able to maintain these relationships and that brotherhood and now you know the hiatus from covid and whatnot is semi over um yeah we just have been able to like um pour into that uh that garden and so to speak, and now we're here. Uh, and I'm just blessed to still have them in my life, still be creating with them. Um, it's literally family. 
That's beautiful. And with um, you kind of talked about it, like the lack of compromise, like you don't want to be compromising who you are, your sound. Um, even it sounds like the people that you have around you, even the fact that you're bringing somebody on who's a friend to help as an assistant. Like um, from the research that I've done, it just sounds like you have an immense uh, amount of like purpose and like mission behind what you're doing, even being from Atlanta and wanting to be, you know, bringing R&B back to a primarily hip hop capital. Yeah. Where did that come from? Is that something you were just raised with or you just know how the game goes and you want to make different decisions? Um, I want to say all of it just happened naturally. Like it's, you know, I feel like a lot, there's, there's a little bit of luck, but also there's just like natural timing with things and like me coming up in Atlanta, that's just kind of what it was. There wasn't really like a ton of people making the music that I was making and am still making. Um, the community is growing, but I would say like, there's not a ton of people like outside of my circle, like kind of pioneering like a certain sound, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, if, if there's someone in, our, in Atlanta that's like making R&B, or alternative R&B music, like nine times out of 10, like I know who they are, like my homies know who they are. It's a very like small collective because like you said, it's the hip hop capital. So it's a lot easier for, you know, you to shine because, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot of people doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And what is that sound that you would, I guess, describe your music as? Um, I get asked that a lot and it's, I have a different response every single time. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. I like to call it good ass music, <laughs> but it, I feel like uh, you know the culture and and uh, whether it just be the energy of the city. Like I feel like my music encapsulates that. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of like the bright spot of 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 Atlanta, just with with blending of cultures. Whether you know you're going outside at night to hang out with your homies, it's not a whole lot of like super niche activities to do is very much so like strip club, regular club, hookah, lounge driven. Um, and I love all of that, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, I feel like my music reflects uh, more of the, the uh, rare activities within the city. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you guys have like a nature-y scene out there too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally a city in a forest. That's the best way I can describe mm. it. Like, you know, you got the 60 mile radius of 285, which is like a a big circular, what is it, intrastate? It's not interstate, intrastate or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, outside of that, it's, it gets a little weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> I even see it in your visuals too, like the, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just saying like, it, it just gets a little weird. It's less and less black people, the further you go out. Mm -hmm. We're all centralized pretty much within like, that 285 radius like the metro atlanta area okay okay that makes sense because yeah you don't see those visuals in what you release it's always like in the cut you know in the forest yeah. and i even like the trailer that you put out for love and chaos it, like it gets that same feel that was like in uh i want to say the sandy springs area which is like north atlanta north fulton county okay. um, there's a lot of that like back home you know you can go 15 minutes somewhere it's just peace and quiet. It's nobody there. And I also feel like to further answer your question, the music is very reflective of that, that energy and that scenery as well. So you have like, 
you know, just black people and culture, you coming together and experiencing that, but also I feel like the sound kind of gels with just like a beautiful day. One hundred percent. And like, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about your media inspiration. Like, what do you see when you're creating and are there any movies or shows that inspire the sound? Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to say like at the start of the album, I was watching a lot of black sitcoms and one of the first ones was uh, Living Single. And that's like easily a top two show of, of mine ever. That and Jamie Foxx show. Um, yeah, like when I'm like looking at those shows, I'm just thinking about like just black people and black love and what that looks like in an unconventional sense, you know? And I feel like all of that kind of trickles back into the music and just like, even even my own personal situations, I feel like it's it's very reflective of the things that I see in those shows, like young black people in their mid to late twenties, even thirties, and how they deal with like relationships, situationships, um, and yeah, all of that like kind of plays a role in how I how I go about creating. Um, so as far as like the things I watched, I would say that those are very inspirational to me. Um, even movies like romance, uh, and yeah, just, just, just living in, in my imagination, all of it comes together to create this, this thing. Mm -hmm. And like, do you have what Pharrell talks about that synesthesia? Um, probably not. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> when, I heard, when I heard them talking about that, I was like, hmm. That sounds cool, but I don't know if I got that trait. <laughs> with that one. But I feel like, you know, just experiences are, are just as cool or important as, as having that trait specifically. Yeah, because I just, your music is not only visual, it's immersive. Like, primarily, I think when I heard Garden, um, it really, it's like it held on you and then it didn't let go. And then you also have songs on Love and Chaos that have these two parts in it or even three and four parts to it. And it's just like, okay, well, you thought that was good. Like, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. No, it's no, like, you're going to go deeper into this world. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Just like, just the creation of that album, and, you know, having three in one type songs. Like, uh -huh. there's the main part, there's the bridge. Oh, but wait, we got an outro section <laughs> for the song. So, yeah. Yeah, you're really showing off as the musician, as the producer, I feel like, because um, that's what's lost in a lot of albums is like jam breaks and like just letting music play out and not necessarily having anybody singing on it, but it still is about conveying this idea or this concept. So how, like, what are some of your favorite albums that do that? Do you have any? Um, yeah, the, all three of them are over here. Uh, by this snake plant that I have, uh, Talking Book by Stevie Wonder, um, Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. There's actually one like somewhere else in the house, but I Want You by Marvin Gaye, um, the deluxe specifically. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what are some other albums? Oh, In My Mind by Pharrell, 
literally every Tyler album. Cause he, yeah, every single Tyler album. Oh man, he's a genius. Like Flower Boy and on, he just keeps getting better. Um, and Duele, some kind of. Okay, nice choices. I tapped a little bit into Duele because you are a huge fan of his, and from what I've watched and heard, it was like, okay, I need to tap in. Apparently, <laughs> nah, Duele is like. I, I grew up on Dwelly. The same yeah. way like, our parents grew up on certain music. Like that's an artist I definitely grew up on for sure. So your dad played a lot of Dwelly or your mom or my pops. My okay. pops is like the music guy. Like, you know, he's a he's a band director. He's been a band director since two thousand one, I wanna say. Okay. So like any every... specialization in being a band director? You said what? like specialization like kind of band director like is it like a marching oh. band or yeah so he's a music oh. teacher essentially so okay like, dope. So like during fall season like he, he teaches concert band and uh does marching band during the fall season and everything so yeah full out full out music band director uh whatever you want to call it but um i kind of had like I, I get a lot of my taste and inspiration based on like what I listen to from him specifically because he had me at a really young age, which um, it's like it's twofold, but I am really grateful for it because, you know, the things that he came up on was like, like Baduism and and uh, all of the great neo soul albums like Voodoo. Like mind you, he's in his early twenties listening to all of this, so. Obviously, that's going to trickle down to me. So I got to give him a lot of props for that. Like, it was, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's my pops for sure. So when it comes to Neo Soul, I would say it's like the mother of alternative R&B. Do you it have is. any thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah. Um, I would I would definitely say that. Because when you listen to a lot of, like, alternative music and you try to think about, like, dang, it has, like, elements of jazz. It has elements of, like, uh, traditional R&B has elements of like alternative music, like alternative music as in like, you know, more, more folky type stuff. And you're like, wait, this, like majority of this, 75% of this feels like it's inspired by neo soul music. It's just fresh, like super fresh, mm -hmm. I would say. Like, you know, we got a lot more things happening um, within the music. Uh, now outside of just your basic like Rhodes keyboard and with a good uh I don't know how I want to explain this because Neo Soul is so like complex you have different like eras of it in my opinion um but yeah I would definitely say that it's the mother of alternative R&B for sure so what are those eras like please nerd out like I want to learn as much as possible Oh, give me a second. So, an album that I always go back and visit is Saturday Night by Jane. That's another uh, duo that I came up on. Um, and I feel like, what year was this released? Like 1997. So, like, I feel like that's kind of like the, the first album, like, gave you a lot of, mm, let's not do that one. Let's not do that one. I felt like way more traditional R&B, but still had elements of Neo Soul. I feel like they, dove into that world a whole lot more. Um, yeah. Like, because Jeanne, isn't Amel LaRue one half of Jeanne? 
she's uh one half of um I gotta look this up. This is gonna bother me. I get them mixed up. It is so bad. Um, but I it might be totally different. Not Jeanne though. I know it's uh hold on. I'm gonna Google right. it too. It's groove theory. Groove theory. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I do that, but yeah. Groove theory. Okay, yeah, Janae totally different. Yeah, Janae, and then obviously Brown Sugar. Um, you have more like of the traditional hip hop elements behind the vocals and the chords within that music from like 1995 to 1997-ish. Same thing with Baduism. There's like, you know, like on and on. It feels very like, it, it has a lot of characteristics of like the essence of hip hop behind it, you know? Um, and as you move forward to like albums like Voodoo and Mama's Gun, there's a lot more live instrumentation behind those chords and whatnot. And I feel like they reached back, reached back towards the 70s for a lot of inspiration. And they kind of like figured out the perfect blend between like what they were doing in the mid to late 90s to the like literally 2000 a lot of incredible albums came out that year um but you got words and sounds volume one by joe scott that came out that year too so three of my favorite like neo soul albums came out in the year 2000 and it just kept going into the early 2000s you got music soul child um what's the name of the album i'm tripping right now wow it's one of my favorite albums too um I know the name of it. Soul Star. I didn't have to finish looking it up. It was Soul Star. I had a break. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Music Soul Child. Okay, Soul Star. Yeah. yeah. That's like, I feel like his best album. Um, it's a sleeper for sure. A lot of people tend to forget about that one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I feel like those are the different iterations I feel like you know, Soul has gone through. And then it kind of went through an experimental phase, especially with what Erica was doing in the mid 2000s with like her New America series and volumes. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of some other other folks that like kind of encapsulate Neo Soul, Sarah and the creative partners. Um, and Sarah and groups like Jay Davey, I feel like in, in that kind of like mid 2000s, like 07, 0809 kind of birthed like what we have now with okay. so you got 1996 97 all the way to like 2007 0809 and that's how you have groups come about like the internet and whatnot they're encapsulating all of those things in one project so shout out to all of the people i just named seriously that, like are, are really the uh foundation um for for what artists like myself are creating i would say like secondary foundation because they were definitely like leaning back towards the 70s um which which i've been doing for the last three years or so yeah and i really wanted to ask you about neo soul in general so i'm really grateful that you went into depth like that because i know like the lauren hills the jill scott erica badu d'angelo you know like the starting five you know so aquarians all that but yeah. you know the different artists that you just shared i'll definitely be looking into them because i love to talk about it but i don't want to talk about nothing i don't know and i love when people who are like heavy in it 
they can teach me like, no, this is like the B-sides. These are like the deep cuts. These are the things that if you know, you know, like I want that kind of information, you know? Facts. I want to, I want to say like a few years ago, the internet tweeted like around the time that they released Hive Mind or maybe a little after they were like, we need to give Jay Davey their flowers because they're like a huge reason why groups like us exist. Mm. Jay Davey is still kind of like a sleeper. It's like one of those, if you know, you know, you know, I got put on like at the, the top of the pandemic. And ever since then, I've been like listening super hard to them. So yeah, super experimental, like, you know, so and mm. yeah. Okay. And even speaking of like experimental and going into like your you know, outros or just instrumental portions of your songs, especially in Love and Chaos, um, it reminds me a lot of there's a specific song. I think it's, yeah, either outro, yeah, outro. And there's a song, you know it most likely, Sun Goddess, Earth, Wind, and Fire, yeah. uh, Ramsey Lewis. And I know that you have Ramsey Lewis, like a reference to him. In, some uh photo shoot that you had but could you speak about ramsey lewis and just like jazz in general why you love it um man ramsey lewis is incredible um like i could really name a lot of different people like 70s jazz is definitely my favorite era of jazz because it was the most like experimental like it like they included a lot of like funk elements in what they were doing, which I really appreciate. Um, and also, I gotta mention this too. Like, it was, it was like Afro-Cuban rhythm meeting jazz. Like, I did a whole like research project on Afro-Cuban like rhythm when I was yeah. in college. Like my, I want to say my third year or something, and I learned a lot, like a lot. Like a, what people call Latin jazz is really Afro-Cuban jazz. Mm, okay distinctions like what makes one different than the other oh it's just it's just like a watered down term to call uh afro-cuban jazz that okay it's like an umbrella term but doesn't yeah. get to the core okay that makes sense afro-cuban is like the true essence of like what people call latin jazz essentially mm. but the yeah very crazy yeah yeah 70s jazz is all together man like as a whole like Ramsey Lewis is one of my favorites um and that was a great like reference where did you even see that from because I'm trying to think like when I when I when I posted about that maybe it was um was it the love to you shoot it Who was I don't remember what shoot it was but I was just kind of looking at your visuals I was trying to get an idea of that and then I saw that you're holding a record um I can scroll through while you answer that question I can find it <laughs> Cause I think that was like one of the first times I stumbled across um, a Ramsey Lewis final. So it was very new to me at the time. Okay. Um, it might've been um, like 2018 or something like that. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, uh, this one album, like he's in the jungle with his piano. Um, let's see. Yep. Mother Nature's Son. Okay, yeah, I'll see right here. Um, I don't know if it's gonna show up in my camera. This album cover is so good. But yeah, was, you were holding it up there. And that, you said that those are some of the best album covers. Like, that, that I too. agree. That too, that ton of inspiration behind like, you know, 
I would say not all my covers, but like a few singles that I've done or joint singles, like I'm very much so into like sensuality and that's what they captured. Like they like sexuality and sensuality, like the Ohio players, their album covers were incredible. Yeah, crazy. One of my, and even without like um, showing the sensual side, I feel like they did a great job of like capturing just just scenery in general. Um, there is a, is it Hubert Laws or Freddie Hubbard? No, it's Hubert Laws. There's this one um, album cover where there's like this deep red canyon, like with the moon and, and stuff. Like mm. I drew inspiration from like the Good Morning cover with me and Sebastian Michael um, for that one um, in particular. And then for another single, Due to Me with me and Gremlin, that one, I don't know, we just like, we're thinking about all of the elements that I just spoke about, like the sexuality and sensuality. Like, how can we like, tell a story visually through just a cover that is reflective of the subject matter within the song? And I feel like we did a really good job of that just overall. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And it's the win with music and just uh, visuals too. Mm-hmm, for sure. Do you have like a list of like top three? It don't have to be top three. Just three artists that someone should get into if they're interested in learning more about seventies jazz. Ooh, I was gonna say Stevie Wonder, but he wasn't like a pure like jazz musician. But he included so many like me and my homie Alex. We talk about this all the time. Um, we feel like Stevie Wonder uh, reinvented like the two five one chord progression, which is like standard jazz chord progression. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna say Stevie, even though he's definitely one of my favorite artists of all time, and I draw a lot of inspiration from him. I'll go Herbie Hancock for sure, um, Freddie Hubbard. Who's the third person I want to name? It's a tough one. There's so many great musicians from the 70s. What did I say? Freddie Hubbard. Herbie Would Hancock. Donald Byrd be in there? That's a really good one. We can throw that one in there for, for people who are trying to get more so into it. I feel like I kind of went like deep cut with Freddie Hubbard. Okay. No, you did. You did. And even <laughs> Bobby Humphrey, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got a, a bunch of jazz playlists on my phone, but like. I'm never thinking of it as deep cuts because I just know the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if someone wants to get into seventies jazz, that's those are definitely three, four musicians that they should uh dive into. Even um Joe Henderson too. He had a lot of cool stuff uh that he okay. released in the seventies as well. Yeah, I'm not hip to Joe Henderson. I gotta look into him. Are you able to well Yes, you can. I don't know why I asked that. But anyways, I'm, I meant to ask, um, could you give three examples of like the 251 you were talking about? Is there like certain songs that Stevie Wonder has them in or moments in a certain song? Yeah, like almost every bridge you hear. <laughs> mm. um, I'll go Golden Lady first. Um, is it You and I? Um and then looking for another pure love. Um, 
that's he has so many songs like where he that's very much so i think i named three so far yeah but you did then you might be sure so golden lady for sure first one that comes to mind looking for another pure love some of them are like your basic standard two five ones they're like altered voicings um the end of you and i um like the last 15 20 seconds um and then i want to say it's something from no um as maybe i'm thinking about mm, okay yeah. now for like someone who knows nothing about music theory i i asked for those examples because <laughs> i would have to hear it to kind of understand what you're talking about but is it something that as a listener it just evokes another feeling like it just kind of adds a new color to the song and that's how you can tell yeah 1000 percent. like all the um it feels like the moment of the song like it could be a really dark it could be a darker stevie wonder song but that part where you feel it get really bright that's when he's incorporating the 251 voicings okay um, like on the bridge on golden lady right before he sings like the hook like in that part that makes you just feel like you want a cloud that part right there and really actually like I'm trying to think does it start off nah it's the bridge specifically okay did you put that same formula in your bridges um yeah i did i use a lot of 251 voicings um um for the album i want to say like 70 percent of the bridges had okay. 251 voicings like i have a specific way that i like to play them where i'm not gonna get too complicated no it's all good it's, and i wouldn't mind if you did feel it's, free it's definitely altered voicing like where you drop the uh, i think three and five a half step or you can drop one of the other to give it a more like dirtier feel. That's what I did on Lucky Me. Um, what's another song I did it on? Uh, the intro, the outro, Today Only Comes Once. Uh, um, Here With You, which is the second song um, on Break Me Down. I think Break Me Down has like, yeah, that has a two five one voice. Literally, almost every bridge, man, on the album. Uh, but I tried to like kind of sauce it differently for each each bridge. Mm. Um, but yeah, but that's crazy. Like it's just so interesting to me, and I love it because now there's like an actual science tool. There's always been a science, but like as someone who's just hearing it and feeling it, like I don't have that sort of understanding of that end of it. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting to like put words to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not the easiest to talk about. Um, even when I'm like communicating with with other uh, musicians, like I'm still learning myself. You know what I'm saying? But really, all all music is is just a bunch of patterns and whatnot. And once you get those under your fingers, like you, for me, once I got certain things down under my fingers it was able to help me develop my sound mm -hmm. and like what are some more examples of that um just basic like minor nine chords 
which is like the stand like when I say that, I really mean like it's just your standard like uh alternative RB or Neo Soul like chord, I, I guess I would say. But all of it is rooted like in like jazz. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like every song that you heard from me, 90% of my music has like a minor nine chord in it or a major seven chord. Or all the stuff that you hear Tyler put out, like every bridge is literally a two five one, um, or an altered voicing of a two five one. It works every time. So it does, like every single time. There was no misses when it came to bridges on Love and Chaos. I was like, dang, this way is good. Like it works whew. every single time. So now yeah. I'm at a point now where I'm just trying to figure out, like, all right, how can I like take that next step? Like, is it like just structuring my songs differently? Like where I make the hook the bridge, you know, like, yeah. Just getting even more like experimental with what I'm doing and, and just trying new ideas. Yeah. But it seemed like it was very compact. Like you had a really strong point of view with this album. And I don't know if you were able to talk about it a lot, but um down to I, I really did hear the jazz influences in it on especially like K-Town Funk at the very end when you have um shout the scatting. Shout out, shout out um the homies him for Raj is an incredible producer. Uh yeah. That was like one of the first tracks like where I was able to like go back and forth with another producer as far as like the drums and the chords. Like those cluster voice voicings that you hear in the beginning like it's like really dissonant dirty chords. That was all him. And then, like, at the end, it was fun to, like, kind of, like, take it home. And Jada did the same thing, too, with the scatting at the end. Um, yeah. She's she's nuts. She goes by Von Black now. V-A-U-G-H-N Black. Um, incredible vocalist, songstress, instrumentalist, producer. She does it all. That's so dope. Yeah, I definitely need to tap in. And... Um, even speaking more to your collaborations with uh, Amber Navron, that was wild to hear because I didn't even know her just like her stage name, her personal yeah. name. But then when I was hearing, I was like, hold up, that was wild. So please tell the story. How did that come to be? I'm not gonna lie. That was one of the most straightforward collaborations I've ever had. Some are like way more difficult than others, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, I just reached out via email, I want to say, during like the first half of the creation of the album. She was just like, yeah, I'm down. I like how it sounds. And like, wow. she just recorded like a first verse and she wanted me to sing on the second verse, but I was like, nah, I don't, I like, I feel like it makes sense for you to just like tackle the whole song and then she finished it. And yeah, it's out. Shout out Amber. Her voice is just so unique and just, Soulful is she's, so soulful. she's such a sweet person too. Like she's mm-hmm. down to earth and, and super kind. Um, but yeah, that's how that collab came about. Very, very seamless. Didn't didn't pose any problems or headaches. Cause some collaborations will do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, shout out to Amber for that. Yeah, shout out to her. And if anyone's not familiar with her, Amber is from Moonchild, and that's like. Would you okay? So I know the debate of blue-eyed soul. Like, is it really soul? Is it not? That's the um, essence of like neo soul, like Moonchild. Like that is like neo soul doing. If you were, yeah. if you almost looking for like 
Neo Soul today. That is Neo Soul for sure. Wow. No, that's a crazy cosign because it really, I think that there's so much debate on whether or not a white artist could tackle a black genre, Yeah, but they do it so well. Yeah. You got artists like, you know, or groups like Hiatus Coyote too, that, um, Their their stuff is just very like like what I was talking about at the very beginning, like just a clash of so many different genres. Um, but they make it super experimental, which is really dope. So yeah, it's experimental, like experimental everything under the umbrella of R and B, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. And also L U J that collaboration with him not um necessarily on love and chaos but in your other work and um what was it like working with him like how did you guys actually connect and create a song together um so i met um i met ilu like in 2018 i want to say like virtually i had put out like my first first single as like a producer artist it's called uh i was about to call it the wrong phone Feel the breeze. Um, and like he just tapped in. And uh, from there, I opened for him, I want to say in February for his Adogio tour. And uh, yeah, we just started creating a lot of different music. And uh, that's that's how pretty much how Aura Blue came about with him and uh, me and Gladstone. So yeah, just you know, a lot of virtual, um, virtual sessions and virtual link ups and then eventually you meet the person like three years later. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> but um yeah shout out you uh that was that's definitely somebody I got a lot of work in with uh during the pandemic um year for sure. Yeah. Oh Ilu J that's how you say his name? Yeah yeah okay ooh I this is a difficult one. I thought it was Ella J at first. I didn't know what yeah. it was but yeah it's like a play on his like first first and last name. Oh, okay. Nice. And um, I really loved Circumvent. That was like 2022, like top five for me. It was like, I really loved Love and Chaos. I love Circumvent and I loved Hummingbird, Black Parties album. Like, oh, those no. are all no skips for me. I was just listening to Hummingbird the other day. Um, anytime, like, I get really excited for Black Parties albums because it's just a vibe. I hate using that word, but it literally is just a vibe top to bottom. Like you could throw that on anywhere. It's a playlist. Like it's art, of course, but what I mean by playlist is like no skips. Like it feels like perfectly curated each song. The sequencing is amazing. The whole, it's so cohesive. He's so talented. Definitely. Like, like you said, like, and then he closes it out with, uh, love you more than you know. That's a, yeah, a banger. It is. Would you uh, ever do something with Josh Gambino? Yeah, absolutely. We want to talk about range. Like, I feel like I could come go to him with like something I've been experimenting with, and he just tackle it with no issue. Like, he's just he's he's very talented. Like, yeah. Like in all like art mediums, he's very talented. <laughs> For real. Even Atlanta. How did you feel about that as an Atlanta native watching that show? Um, it's a great show, top to bottom. Uh I love how like 
he was able to tell different stories within stories, especially like I think the second to last season and then the last season and how he closed it out. Like it just Yeah. It's like one of my favorite shows uh of late. Oh when did it come out like twenty seventeen? So yeah. Yeah. That was a great one. Are there any other dream collaborations that you have? And I know you probably get that question a lot, but maybe we'll switch it up by like just bigger, larger than life, not even just only small artists, but artists that like it, they could be dead or alive. It would be like amazing to do something with Stevie Wonder. Like, like that's the bigger than life, like artist for me. Marvin Gaye. Um, and then to move more so on like some, the, the the modern stuff uh nerd not just Pharrell but Chad too um who else Sid from the internet that's someone who's like always been at the top of my list as more like recent artists who I would like love to work with um Dwelle, of course, how could I forget him? Erica, really all the neo soul greats um, that I that I love. Um, and yeah, oh Timbaland. Uh, I'm just imagining that right now. <laughs> Sarah and the creative partners feel like something great would come from that. Robert Glasper. Um, Who's also like top five for me. I didn't mention him earlier, but Glasper is definitely up there. Um, and yeah, I'll say those are those are the main people for sure for me as far as like dead or alive. Um, probably named more like legends <laughs> than like current musicians, but that's just how it go. Like, yeah. I, but yeah, those are those are the artists I would love to to work with. And would you ever do like a fully instrumental album or release an album like instrumental version, like how Tyler's done? Mm. I don't know. It's it's been that that question has been like asked before, but it, it's been a while since someone has asked me like some years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'd be more open to that idea now than I was before. Now that I have a better idea of like my sound and my artistry and like how I would approach like a full like instrumental album versus, you know, making things to where it still has space for somebody to do something on top of, you know, the production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would that wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe someday. We'll see. Because that would be really dope. And I know that you've already inspired some smaller filmmakers in their music i mean your music being in some of their stuff and i'll I'll send you the link over because i wanted to make sure that you saw it but um it's really dope to see what your music can inspire so what has been a rewarding experience since you've created and started to take control of your career starting and finishing um my album like that was like that was a huge challenge because you you know EP you're dealing with like four or five people you know what I'm saying but like an album like you're dealing with your session musicians you're dealing with all these different vocalists it's 
it's so many moving parts and you want it to do so well you want to you want it to be like your best body of work it's like your baby you know the eps were like cool but i had like a plan i was like all right i'm gonna drop these two eps i'm gonna start working on my debut album and like that that was probably like my my biggest accomplishment and also my house my crib um just signing my first lease off of like music money man congrats that's yeah, really huge yeah and you know i signed a pub deal last year with radio so i would say those are like my top three for sure like because you know years of groundwork got to this point to where i can say all right i'm paying my like bills off music money which not everybody can say you know so mm-hmm. and i'm like very privileged and blessed to be in the position that i'm in so yeah those are like my three crowning achievements um finishing starting and finishing an album signing a publishing deal and like signing my first lease of like music money man that's awesome so happy for you genuinely it's inspiring to so many people and i know that there's a lot of music heads and also producers and people who do music who enjoy soul sugar joints so like I know that they'll be like, okay, bet it, it can happen. It's doable. It's, it's possible. Doable. Like it's, you know, you just gotta figure out what success looks like for you. For what success looks like for me is like, you know, basic necessities, but also being able to like live. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have to like travel somewhere every week, you know, but it's nice to get out the house every every once in a while. But to be able to do it off, you know, this is it's a blessing. But yeah, just yeah, not to like shoot down anyone's dreams, but like to get to a certain level, it, it doesn't work for everyone. Like, you know, there's a lot of luck involved in this. Um, yeah, just figure out like what, how it can be the most realistic for you and your lifestyle and just figure out what success means um, to you and for you. Yeah, that's good advice, genuinely. And what do you think success will look like at the end of this tour? What are you expecting from it? Um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to answer that. <laughs> uh, to be um, quite frank, uh, I can go into a lot of meetings now and kind of like lay the lay the law a little bit a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm still very much so indie. Um, a lot of people think I signed a pub deal and like, you know, like that, like I have a ton of like support, which I do on the publishing side, but like my team, like I mentioned earlier, it's literally comprised of like two people. That's what it's been since the start, you know? So mm-hmm. to piece all this together, come and my goal is to obviously have a successful, successful tour, like, and then going to these meetings, like, yo, listen, I self-funded like all of this, self-funded an album, self-funded a headlining tour. Um, where's that bag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how I would answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. And I want that for you. So put some respect on Flower Child's name. Amen. Essentially. <laughs> If it if it makes sense for me, you know, I, I'm definitely not about forcing anything, but you know, we we work hard, um, and we we want to enjoy the fruits of our labor. So you know, patience, 
um, we'll 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 get we'll get us there though. So yeah, absolutely. So where are you going to be stopping on the live from the Garden Summer Tour? Um, we start so it goes from June sixth to the fourteenth. So the sixth is uh, in New York at Babies Are Right. The ninth DC at a venue called DC Nine. Back home in Atlanta on the eleventh uh, at Masquerade Purgatory. Um, the back to back is on the twelfth in Chicago at a venue called Shuba's, and then we're closing it out um, June fourteenth at the Peppermint Club in LA in West Hollywood. Dope, dope. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows those dates because they don't want to miss it. You don't. You don't. I'm also finalizing like my next merch capsule. It's been a while. So yeah. Yeah. Is it t-shirts, totes? What's it looking like? Um it don't it don't even feel like merch, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's mm. like, it's coffee mugs, it's keychains, it's uh teas. Obviously you have to do teas, um, posters and a photo book. So, oh, yeah, a okay, little come twist on, book. Yeah. Yeah, a little twist on it. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my pivot into doing some other things. Um, but yeah, like they can, pe the people can definitely expect um, to see those items at these shows if they're still available. You know, first come to serve. So that's what it is. All I know is there better be some in LA. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There will definitely we, we got like a set amount of stuff, you know what I'm saying, for each okay. stop. But yeah, I'll be sure to set something aside for you at the LA show. Oh man, that means a lot. Thank you so yeah, much. We got you. We got you. Well, that is our time, but I really want to thank you for this conversation. It was so much fun. And where can people tap into your music and to you? Oh, just typing my name. Uh, flower child literally every the way i spelled it was on purpose so when people ask me this question you don't see nothing but me <laughs> <laughs> when you uh type it in so f-l-w-r-c-h-y-l-d on like all socials and all like streaming platforms um and yeah that's where you can find me this was a lot of fun too i haven't nerded out like this like ever low-key talking about chord voicings and stuff like that <laughs> no i could have gone so much longer like i had one bonus question if you're okay with that yeah yeah, yeah. okay so i really want to know like your recent rabbit holes like has there been anything that has led you down a rabbit hole of like discovering new artists or who they're collaborated with or samples or anything like that um rabbit hole yes i i gotta i gotta find it hold on mm. Recent rabbit holes. I feel like there's maybe it's on my Spotify. Yes, a couple rabbit holes actually. There's this um, I want I don't know if it's a group from Korea or Japan, but it's called Pomodorosa. Very 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 low key. It's just I can't tell you how I stumbled across it either, but I started listening to it and I've been like on them very heavy um 
it's like experimental jazz and R&B. Um, wow, from Korea? Yeah, or or Japan. I can't. Yeah. Oh. Or it might be some, from somewhere else. I Like, there's no way to, like, translate the thing on Spotify. All I know is it says Pomodorosa. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'll send that to you after the call. And I've also yes, please. been diving a lot more into uh, my guy, Marcos Valle. I've always loved Marcos Valle, but, like, his, his like, evolution has been insane from, like, the, the mid-late 60s all the way into the early 2000s. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you just, you've always had it. Like, and every time I see, like, a new Marcos Valle song, I'm like, wait, this there was an album that came out like, during this time in the 80s, and I'll go, like, on a deep dive with that. So, yeah. Also, um, Ginger Root. He's a super fire uh, overall musician, vocalist. Uh, I listened to him a lot while I was in LA last year. That's that's how I stumbled across him. Um, a lot more like alternative, like I would say just alternative bass music. This that has those sprinkles of um, of uh, jazz and R and B. I would say, um, but yeah. Those are those are a lot of the uh, musicians that I've kind of like been listening to and have had in heavy rotation. Um, but yeah, and obviously 70s music all the time. I'm constantly listening and adding like new Lonnie Liston. Um, trying to think who else? Um, yeah. Also, shout out to homies playing Giza. <laughs> mm. um, they dropped a really incredible album. Planet Giza. Planet Giza, yeah. Okay, fire. Yeah, I'm a fan of his, but I, I got to tap in. I didn't even know that there was a new drop. Yeah, so it's a group comprised of three. It's not, um, so Tony Stone, who's like the lead vocalist slash rapper, he was on Conversations with Saturn um, on my album. And oh. uh, the homie Doom uh, and Rami. So... They're they're all incredible, like musicians, and the album is insane. It's like top to bottom. It's my favorite album of twenty twenty three so far, and we're like almost halfway through the year, so that's saying a lot. I mean, they just dropped like early last last month, but yeah, they're they are they are special. Man, I just learned so much. I didn't even know it was three people. I didn't know it was the collective. But Planet Giza on Conversations with Saturn, that song was the truth. Like the I got hip to your music through a friend. She put me on to um, I think uh Wreck uh Wreck My Life. Yes, Wreck My Life. She that's put me on to that one. That's an interesting song to get put on to because Yeah, she was like, I know you could do something with this. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I was just listening to it like, oh my God. And then I got almost upset with my audience because I was like, I know y'all heard of him. And I'm just not finding out. Listen, that was a that was an interesting um song she sent because people are more like more so driven to the to the true alternative R and B songs. I wasn't going for alternative R and B on that song. I was trying to flex my like other in like um influences like nerd and uh one of the newer guys, um, his name is Mickey. So I was yeah, like Mickey, trying yeah. to tap into like 
my alternative like bag on that song. Obviously, like my splash of like, you know, like my sauce. Uh, I I feel like it's all my sauce. I was just able to like flex those those other influences that people hadn't heard or don't know that I'm like actually into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shout out to the homie Nathan Bahar, who's an incredible musician. He stays down the street. <laughs> yeah. And even uh would you say Tame Impala? If is there any influence there? Um, not so much, but there's a lot of people I still listen to uh within the same like vein, like Mile High Club, uh King Gizzard, the Lizard. Yep. Yeah, so all of that kind of like came together and clashed to help me like make uh, a song like Wreck My Life, you know. Okay. Um, doesn't have like your traditional like yeah, like R and B feel. I was definitely trying to go for more like alternative, like R&B meets rock, um, like kind of like new age nerd in a sense. I'm thinking about all of this, like looking back on it now. Like, mm. But some of this, like my goal was just to kind of like emulate something I heard and make it into my own. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Now I'll have to listen to it with that frame of reference now because you know, I just gravitate towards those sounds. I think that there's a, a broad range in what you do, but you incorporate it together so well. And that makes a lot of sense that you mentioned McKee and Mile High Club and all these other folks that aren't necessarily 70s soul, but it's like, that's what alternative R&B is. Like, yeah, you would like, yeah, it's a crossover of everything. Yeah.